overcome the blessing given to me They say it's something about the signs Why you zodiac to not my mind Not sure what it means, but between you and me Signs are pointing towards this chemistry When I look back over my life And I see all the things God's done for me Been through danger, heartache, and trouble I thank the Lord, He's rescued me Welcome to Raw Talent. With your host, Miss Pink. Welcome to Raw Talent. Welcome to Raw Talent. With your host, Miss Pink. Welcome to Raw Talent. Tell me, who is Morgan Reese? <laughs> well, Morgan Reese is a unique, one-of-a-kind individual on purpose. Okay. Um, I come with a lot of different personalities, a lot of different hats. Okay. So one minute I am bubbly, da -da -da -da, Morgan, and then the next minute I'm very professional, very studious, and I carry myself. So that's who Morgan is. Morgan is a mother of three adult children, 32-year-old, 30-year-old. 26 year old. Grown, grown baby. Yeah, that part. <laughs> and I have three grandchildren. Okay. I have a nine year old grandson, an eight year old granddaughter, and a three year old sassy little adult, I mean, a big adult and a little person body granddaughter. Yeah. <laughs> so, and Morgan has a great heart. Just that, unfortunately, over my lifetime, people didn't take care of that heart. So, what do you mean by people didn't take care of your heart? So, from birth, up until now, I'll be 50 years old in September, Lord's Willing. So okay. seven. And happy early birthday. <laughs> so I'll be 50 years old. And for 49 and a half of my years of my life, mainly my, my immediate family, like my mother, I didn't meet my dad until I was 21. Mm. And my mother and her siblings and aunts, uncles, cousins, all them didn't know the worth and value of me as their family member, as their child, as their niece, as You're their cousin. The only child? No, actually, I'm the oldest of five on my mom. Okay. And the oldest of seven on my dad. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, seven on my dad. And um, unfortunately, my dad passed away three years ago because of COVID, due to complications from COVID. Sorry. But um, I didn't meet him until I was 21. Thank you. So most of my life, I was with my mom. And in my mind, and my opinion, and my thought process, your mother's supposed to be your supporter, your protector, your caregiver throughout your entire life until you become 18 or you become old. And beyond. And, and beyond. It don't stop at 18. It's, supposed, it's not supposed to stop at 18, but at least to, to carry you on to your own adult life. Right. They're supposed to be there. And unfortunately, my mom was not able to be that person that I thought she should have been. So, um, growing up in my life, I was abused a lot. Um, mostly for my mom. And then when she got tired of whipping me, she would call my aunt to whip me. For things just because. Now, there were moments where... So, it wasn't disciplinary. It was, it was really excessive. 
Pretty much. Oh. Pretty much. And and during my time, there was times I actually did things on purpose because I'm like, well, you're going to whip me anyway. You're going to put me on punishment anyway. Right. So there was a moment. Um, I wrote a book. The title of my book is called Endurance is Victory. Okay. And my book describes my journey of my life. So you're telling your story about how that unfolded. All those things are in that book. Okay. Uh, there was a moment where uh, she made me mad about something and we were in the car. It was her, myself, and my stepfather at the time. And they made me so mad and I seen some matches. And I said, I'm going to burn us all up in the car. Y'all trying to kill me anyway. Didn't work out too well. <laughs> what happened? I lit the fire. <laughs> That's why till this day, I ain't good with matches. I ain't good with lighting. <laughs> I get with them little long stick things that yeah, you push like the grill torch thing. Yep, that's me all day. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I, I tried to burn and it didn't work, so it went out. And my stepfather said, "What's that smell? Burn something burning?" And he said, "What's back there?" And I said, "Nothing." What you do, Morgan? Nothing. I did. So I got work for that. How old were you? I want to say I had to be like six years old. Maybe. Oh, he's a baby. Yeah. And then when I got older, uh, I was like maybe about. Seven or eight, nine. Think I think right before um, we moved to Philadelphia, we lived in a little town called Maxon, North Carolina, for a brief moment, and for what I remember, and um, my mom used to sell candy, so I used to steal the candy and the candy money, take it to the kids in school, cause I want oh. friends. I need friends. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was giving it to the kids in school, and I had friends all out. I was giving twenty dollars, ten dollars. I wasn't oh, giving them no little money, and I was hiding in my book, cause I was super nerd in school. So, the teacher finally realized, she said, Morgan, come here. I said, huh? She said, where you got all this money from? My mom gave it to me, my mom. And she said, no. And so she checks and she called my mom. I got whipped for that. I said, okay, well, I deserve those. Because I'm like, you're going to whip me anyway. So that was me. And right. this chronicles in my story, in my book. I'm also a four-time sexual assault survivor. A four-time sexual assault? Jesus. A survivor of child abuse, survivor of physical abuse, emotional abuse. You heard a little bit of that. The, the sexual assault, did that come from family members or strangers? No. So my first um, encounter was the stepfather. He approached me when we moved to Philadelphia. I was about 11, 12-ish, and my mom was gone that day. And um, he called me to the living room, and I thought we were just going to talk. And we sat on the couch, and next thing you know, he approached me and said he wanted to have sex with me. And I said, huh? And but said, did you even know what that was? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was playing on catch a girl, get a girl games. <laughs> I was the boy to come kiss me. <laughs> even the church kids, church kids, we were, we were bad church kids. Because I was born and raised in church. So, um, uh, and he said, my mom said it was okay. And so he, he proceeded to lay me on the floor and do his business. And my sister was in the bedroom. I have a sister who had cerebral palsy. My baby girl, my sunshine, we're five years apart. So that's her, her dad. Um, and after he finished his stuff, and I said, this don't feel right, and this doesn't seem right. And I told my mom. And so she acted she was upset, but I didn't feel the upsetness. Right. Went to court, the whole nine, the whole process. Oh. Went to counseling. So he, did he get convicted? I was told that for a good period of time in my life, up until one part of my journey, um, my ex-husband and I, hence the word ex-husband, <laughs> and I was struggling, and um, I had to find somewhere to stay. And I did everything in my power to not want to go back to my house, because my mom's house, because I've been on my own since I was 16 years old. Mm. So I said, anything and everything I could do, I'm going to make sure I never go back home. Well, when I went back home that first time, the cat was lied the bag. She lied to me all those times, had me thinking he was in jail for five years. Found out he never went to jail. He only had five years probation because he was a military man, and that was his first offense. 
That's the first time. Don't excuse the behavior. Second time, <laughs> she was already messing with the second guy, which is my brother's father. And started, she didn't want me to go back to counseling and say, you don't need to be telling me your, my business. I said, well, it's not your business, it's mine. These are things that happen to me. Meet the second man, and she proceeded to start sending me to his house to cook and clean. And mind you, I was 12, 13. This is not too far after this happened to this guy. And I go to her, his house, because again, I'm a kid, I'm a father, what you tell me about mom, I'm, I'm thinking right. that right. So I go to his house, 300 pound man. Back then, <laughs> I was like, I'm skinny now. So <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> look, girlfriend. You ain't too big now. Look, I was 120 something, 115 soaking wet. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> so I go to this house, and he says, I heard what happened to you the first time. He was not being a father. That's not how a father's supposed to be. I'm going to show you how a father is supposed to be. By, by doing it again. And he said, my mom said it was okay. Oh my God, why are all these people using this line? Later on down the line, I found out it was true. She did allow it. So that was the second wow. time. And she told me it wasn't nothing personal with his business. So, um, don't give me that look, girlfriend. Ooh, <laughs> it's going to be in the second book. Right. <laughs> so that's the line to hold on to. Mm. Mm, trinket. So, that was the second time. And when I told her what happened that time, she said, I didn't tell him that. She said, well, I did. I said, well, you're going to talk to him because he said that you said it was okay. And when she finally did, said she approached him because she took a while to come back to me. And I asked her, I said, did you ever talk to him? She said, I did, but he hit me, so I didn't see anything else about it. I said, okay. This is the kicker. My mother's schizophrenic as well. So she's very good at using that illness when it's convenient for her. Right. So that was the second time. So I'm thinking, okay. I'm grown now. Ain't that gonna happen to me no more? Fast forward in my twenties, I meet this guy. So I don't know how old you are, but do y'all guys remember the party line from back in the day? The party line. Yeah, that means y'all, y'all, y'all. I thought y'all was older than me. <laughs> in, my, in my mind. So back in the day, in the nineties and in the late eighties, they created this thing called a party line. And you know, remember MySpace came out? Yeah. This is part of MySpace. So Party Line was basically like a, 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 a version of an online dating. But instead, you had a phone, you called people, it was a line you called, and there's 20 other people. Chat line. Something like that. Yeah. And there's 20 people in it, and you hear that right guy, and he's like, yo, I like you. What was your name again? Morgan. Okay, well, Morgan, uh, okay, uh, give me your number. I'm going to give you my number. And they were screaming the number. That's how I met that guy. So that guy ended up becoming my friend. Right. And I told him that he was my friend. I told him I wasn't interested in him like that. And that's all I wanted to keep the relationship. And so at that time, I was dating a guy. Because my journey, I was very promiscuous because of those sexual assaults. Because my thing was, in my mind, if both of those men said and my mom said it was okay, obviously she was not doing her part as their wife or girlfriend at that time. So I was going to make sure I do everything and anything to keep my man happy and satisfied no matter what. Right. So even if I met a guy, whether it was a one night stand, if it was just a hit and quit it, or if it was a long term relationship, that man who was with me would never have a reason to approach my children. And they would never say that I, I did not never satisfy them. Right. You can ask every guy I've ever been with in my path. And they'll tell you, oh yeah, she did keep me happy. That part, I never had a complaint with that part. So that was my path. So this guy, we was friends and I was dating at the time and I wanted to see my guy. And my guy said, nah, I can't come see you tonight, Morgan. I was like, I'm really lonely. I want to spend some time with you. He was like, nah. I was like, well, whatever. This is how God comes sometimes do does things. My kids was home that night. I left my kids in the house. They were asleep. And I went to go see the guy. I called him. I was like, hey, what you doing, buddy? 
He's like, nothing, buddy. I'm sitting watching a movie. I said, ooh, I'm going to come to your house and watch a movie. He said, all right, come to the crib. Let my kids in the house. You know, that's it. By himself. I get to his house. We sit on the couch. And we chill, busting the nut, watching TV. He's like, Morgan, you know I like you. I was like, yeah, yo. So look, really, I don't like you like that. You know we friends. We cool, right? Yeah, yeah, we friends. We cool. And he tried to make a move. Mm. Try to make a move. And um, I said, come on, man. Now, you know, we ain't doing that. Come on, man. You know I really like you, though. You be teasing me all the time. I said, no, I don't. What you talking about? Because I never did. But hey, you hung out with him outside of that one time going to his house? Not really. You just wanted phone calls? Yeah. Because after I finally met him, oh, I was like, how did you tease him? <laughs> it is mine. It is mine. I did. Yeah. You know. It is mine. I did. <laughs> so we on the couch, and he tried to kiss me. I said, "Yo, dude, we not like that. You know I like you, and you be giving off these vibes and stuff. I know you be teasing me. I was like, what are you talking about? I hear you be talking to other guys, and I was like, yeah, other guys, not you. Right. And uh, the next thing you know, I end up on the floor again. And he's on me, and he's like, you're going to let me do what I want. I said, no, no, get off me, get off me, get off me. And he said, no, and he pulled out a knife. Mm. So, <laughs> my kids at the home, at the house by itself, I'm going to explain to my family, well, the family I did have at that time, that I left my children in my house, and this is what happened to me. So after he finished his business, I ran down the stairs, I jumped in my car and I had, and I almost turned my car off trying to help get back home. You know, the next day he called like nothing ever happened. I said, I hope you die of AIDS. <laughs> yeah, I did. He probably did of AIDS or did or something. You know, because you always reap what you're sowing. Like, right. No matter what you do, I always tell my kids. Right. There is a such thing as karma, and you do what you sow, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent. God going to come back and get you for whatever you did. The devil does too. So, he, uh, and nothing ever happened. And so I finally told my boyfriend at the time, and he was really mad. He was mad at me, but he was mad at the guy. And I said, no, don't worry about it. Leave him alone. Don't worry about it. He's going to get his. He said, no, no, tell me who he is. First of all, why'd you leave? I told I swear you didn't want to see me. But I didn't know that was going to happen. That's the third time. The fourth time, unfortunately, my dad tried. The dad that you didn't meet till you was 21? Yeah. Jeez. My sister had passed sir, at that time. Sir. And I'm still a dead girl mind, mindset, mindset. Always my daddy my daddy did a lot of stuff in his time, his journey. Oh boy, she talking. <laughs> he did a lot of stuff in his time, his journey when he was on this earth. And that night we talking about because he'd say he shot the TV. Boo-boo, I shot he was calling everybody boo-boo. Even the dog was boo-boo. Oh daddy, shut shut the TV. He shot the TV. Oh, that you must have had too much to drink. Yeah, I don't know. You know, think about your sister. And I say, Yeah, I know. And we sit on this couch and we're um we're reminiscing. And we sit beside each other again on another couch. I don't know how I end up on these couches with guys. Yeah, right. <laughs> that seems to be the, the, the storyline, right? right? You don't have a couch complex. No. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <yeah>, not really. <laughs> not really, not really. I can make my couches comfortable, but not on that level. Right. And so we're talking, and we start talking about my past. And he had his arm around me. And um, he had his arm around me. And his hands started getting closer, and he said, I want to know what, what these guys want you so much for. And his hands started going down my breast. And I said, Daddy, what are you doing? No, no, no. And I jumped up crying, and he said, I'm cash laughing. And I ran out the house. Laughing. And I called my sisters crying and booing. I was going to ask you, like, 
Did you get an opportunity to build a relationship with this man that you didn't know? No, because I knew at that time my dad was a murderer. <laughs> I ain't no fool there. You think I'm approaching him and confront him on that situation? I'd have been dead. He done shot me dead, stepped on Oh, look, darling, gone now. And oh, what I doing? He was schizophrenic too. And he had a military background. So, I ain't no fool. The first military guy got off. So that's basically like a deterrent, right? At that point. Cool. How did you deal with all of this and have kids, though? And not, like, project that onto them, you know? I think this is all because of God. I'm going to be honest with you. I think it's because a normal person would not be, you see me, I'm happy, bubbling, yeah. you know, chopping right. so, that. Your story didn't define you, I tell you that 100%. And that's where my journey is with this tour that I'm on now. So I'm actually on my tour this week. Okay. It's beginning today up until the 14th. It's called the Endurance's Victory Tour. And it's basically going to be sharing my journey with college and high school students and other people um, of my life and my journey and how I got to where I'm at right now. This is a, a, a pretty flawed, imperfect picture of God's grace. How did you get past the abuse and the... I'm going to say just life because my goal was, because I had my first child at 15 years old. 16, I'm sorry. Actually, I got pregnant before that. I had a child at 14. And I lost that baby. My baby was still born. So I had a baby full term, nine months. His name was Dominic. But well, that's a lot of grief to yeah. like. Didn't have time for that because in my fifteen year old, you're not allowed to be show your feelings. Nobody don't listen to you. Nobody don't care about none of that. You got to suck it up because in my family, I got to be the strong one. I don't even know. I used to ask God that all the time. Why, Why me? me? <laughs> Why me? I gotta pick somebody else. So. Because all people always say, well, you got, you have both parents are schizophrenic, bipolar, yeah. you have history of mental illness in your family. Were you concerned about the mental illness? I was at, I'm still am to this, to this day because I got to be so strong for everyone else. I don't want to break down. I don't want that to hit me. I don't know. I always pray to God all the time. So you're still in that mind state? You yeah. have to change that? No. No? Because I have kids, I got grandkids. I know, but you know, if you don't take care of your mental health, how can you help them? I'm taking care of my mother. Okay, all right, all right. <laughs> I promise you, I'm taking care of my mother. Don't get me wrong. I got my moments when I'm behind closed doors. Right. As uh, as Mary Mary says to God in me, yeah. you don't know what I got to do on the end and behind my closed right. doors. But I'm going to have the opportunity to, you know, I unpack do. and deal I with that. I have my that, moments, that, that's, but that's, I still know I have to be strong right. because I have I have a sister who I'm her guardian of. Um, she lives in a group home. Five years, you know what I mean? Yeah, she lives in a group home. She'll be 45 and I'll be 50. <laughs> That's my sunshine. And then I have a brother also who I'm his representative because he has mental issues now. And so I have to take care of him. So, so these are not things that always come on as a kid, though, as far as like, you know, I, you can live most care. of your life without a mental disorder. I've been taking care of somebody since I was eight years old, including my own mother. Yeah. Because she always told me when I got, you're the firstborn, you're the oldest. You're going to take care of all of us. No, no, that's not my life. Yes, you are. If something happened to me, you're going to be one to take care of us. No, that's not what I want. So did any of the, your other siblings have the same father as you? No. So all of us had different dads. So I have a different dad. My sister have a different dad. And my two brothers have a different dad. And then my youngest brother, he has a different dad. Do any of y'all share shared experiences from childhood? They finally told me as they gotten older, the days like, you don't know what we went through, mommy, either. You know, you left us. I said, well, I had to leave because I needed my own peace of mind. I needed right. to have my own kids. And they said, well, you don't know the things that we had to deal with. So now, once the book come out, you know when you write a book, you tell your whole story and stuff, everything else start coming out. Right. More secrets come out. Right. And that's what I'm doing now. You know, well, we did, they had to deal with some stuff too. So how did your mom feel about this book? 
at first, my, my brothers and everyone said, don't share it with her because you know she in the book. And I said, okay. And then when she came to visit me for the last time, um, I'm giving her a break now. <laughs> uh, actually, a long break. For the last time, she came to my house and she said she wanted a book. And I said, you sure? I said, well, everybody said don't give it to me. Well, everybody said they don't give it to me. It must be something in there. I don't need to know. So she finally got the book. And I said, don't read it. Don't read it. Oh, I'm not going to read it. She finally read it. And at first, it started off as a good response. She said, well, you've been through a lot. Yeah, you survived. You know, you were stronger. You were meant to be stronger. Then the other mind kicked in and that's when she told me it wasn't nothing personal. It was business. I said, she was all about money. And so you basically were sold. Pretty much. Mm. So, because um, all those men had money. And I remember asking her, why did you not give me my dad's last name? And she said, well, uh, because so-and-so, he was in the military. Guess what? My dad was in the military, too. Because right. she kept telling everybody my dad left her. And my dad said, no, boo-boo, I didn't leave her. I got drafted. Oh. She never gave me his last name. But she gave me my rapist's last name. And said, because if something ever happened to her, I'd be taken care of. How'd ever got from me? Uh, he was taken care of, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, that's been that journey. That is a lot. It's a lot of pack. That part. And you did it with a smile on your face. You see me. Did you ever blame yourself in this process? For I did. I would say, like, what well, did I wear something wrong? Or did I say something wrong? Again, I'm very flawed. Right. And not perfect. So, during my journey, I was, I'm very, was very promiscuous. And I remember my brother's dad saying he could, he used to hear me on the phone talking to guys in a sexual manner. But your friends, though, your age group, your your choice and your decision, you know, that's way different than a grown man. Because even when I got pregnant, my youngest, I mean, well, my oldest, I'm sorry, not my youngest, when I got pregnant, my oldest, and um, before I got pregnant with her, the guy that I got pregnant with got lost, that baby, that first baby I lost. Um, he said he was a policeman. I don't know if that was true or not. And he said, oh, um, we can get him for statutory rape. And I was like, that's a pop called Nicole Black. Because, that I means you're going to have to tell Right. You tell your you about to tell you're a policeman, so you say. Right. So, I was like, whatever. No, that guy. Because I did when I met that guy. That guy was 21. And I lied to him when I first met him. I was like, I'm 19. And then later on, I said, I'm 16. And I was like, look, I'm pregnant now. Hmm. Okay, I'm 14. And he's like, I knew he was young. He said, but you carried yourself mature. And then I started telling him it's not the things that I was dealing with in my life. And he said, well, I got you. Unfortunately, that relationship didn't last. I lost my baby, so, yeah. So, your children, have they read the book? They won't. They said they refused to. Because they don't want to hear the pain that you've been through? I guess maybe. I did start telling them as they got older, my, a part of my journey. So, they won't make... I always told my kids, don't be like me. Be better than me. Right. Don't make the same choice and decisions that I did. Be better, make better. Because I made a lot of bad choices and decisions because I did not have that proper parental guidance. Now, I did realize over my life and my journey of my life that God always placed a mother figure or adult figure in my life to give me that guidance. Sometimes I would listen to him and sometimes I wouldn't because I'm like, you know, I'm my dad. My mom and you still growing and learning and the people that were supposed to protect you didn't. So it's understandable why it's a little harder to hear it and be like, I accept this. Mm -hmm. Because the people that you were supposed to accept it from failed. That part. Miserably. Miserably. So how, how do you get to the point as a mother to parent your kids not out of a place of fear and not project or do the same things that you already, you know, because some people will be like, you know, but my mom raised me to do this. So this is what I do with my kids. You know I, what I'm saying? I purposely did things opposite. Understandable. So... I knew do everything in your possible ability to keep your kids protected. So uh, if you are with a guy, a guy would not want your children. Um, if 
your mother said, you know, it was all about money. Do everything you can, but don't make it all about money. Like, um, we, I struggled a lot with my ex-husband. Oh, 17 years, struggled a lot. And found out the entire relationship, he was stealing from me. So, yeah. yeah, he wasn't a great guy. He tried to be, but he wasn't. So, and that's your kid's father? My youngest father. So all three of my kids have different dads. My oldest, unfortunately, her dad passed away about five years ago now. My son, he doesn't even know who his dad. Dad never met him and chose not to meet him because he was trying to get some. And I'm like, well, this is how we got here. <laughs> you ain't going to get no more. I just right. need to be your dad. Right. So my son doesn't even know who his dad is. And then my youngest, which is my youngest daughter's, um, her dad was a guy that I was with. And I stayed with him because I was like, it didn't look right to have all these kids from all these different men. So and I knew that's how my mom was and how a lot of my aunts in the family, they their path was. And I didn't want to be that. I was trying to break that cycle. Because, right. you know, a lot of things you deal with in life are generational curses. Are yeah, generational I was going to say that too. And yeah. you have to figure out a way. And I thought I was going to be that one to break it. <sighs> Still working on it. <laughs> on both sides of the family. So that was my, my goal and my journey at that time to do opposites so I won't have the same path. Now, again, wasn't a great parent. Didn't know nobody. I had my first kid at 16. You had a kid yourself. You had to grow in line. Believe it or not, you just brought it up again. <laughs> I learned that for the first time. I took a trip ever in my life outside of up north and down south. <laughs> Born in Brooklyn, raised in Philly, you see it. Right. <laughs> um, I never went nowhere. And I, my first trip, I went to Mexico. Okay. And I went with a cousin. And she said, um, girl, you know you was a kid yourself taking care of your kids. I said, nah, uh I was a grown woman. She said, no, baby. Your age made you a kid. Your circumstances made you grown. You and she said, you, you raised your kids as a kid. And I said, oh, I did. Oh, okay. But parenting is a learning process anyway. It's, there's no book. And they got no, and I, I know I've seen the book, Dummies for Parenting. I don't like those those books. Cause I'm in IT. So I hate those dummies books. <laughs> You're not a dummy, you just don't have enough information to do what you need to do right. to perform the role the way where you need to perform it. And she said you were kid yourself. But it's kinda like working a job where it's like, okay, I can give you possible scenarios, but that doesn't mean this is the scenario you're gonna go through. And it may be a little different, it may be completely different, because your kids are each individuals that gonna give you different challenges anyway. So there's no way they could tell anybody yeah. could tell you every aspect of parenting that you will or won't. There know. is no book. You know, like yeah. I tell my girls now, my girls are the ones who have the kids and I tell them um, I did my best that I could with what I learned over my lifetime raising you guys and doing my best to take care of y'all. But I, I share with y'all on purpose so you won't make the same choice or decision. Or you can do better. Or you can learn from what you learned, what you thought that I treated you away when I was when you were younger, when you have your own kids. Oh, my mom did this, so I'm not going to do it this way. I'm going to do it that way. But don't do it where it's, it's harming or affecting your, your kids. Because again, right. like I told my children, when you have kids, it impacts your life. Mm -hmm. And every decision, every thought you think about, every action you make, it's going to affect your children no matter what. what. Mm -hmm. Whether it's good, bad, or indifferent. As I always say, we're trying to raise kids that don't have to recover from their childhood. Because that is detrimental to them. You know what I'm saying? Because they didn't ask to be here. You know, so they're humans too. <laughs> you laid down and you know what you was doing what you was doing. Because mm -hmm. again, my birthday... 9773, the song that was, was the top song back in the day, which is my mom and my dad always make sure they remind me of. You was created off a of sexual hip and Marvin Gaye. Now I know I like Marvin Gaye so much. <laughs> Let's get it on was a song that was that was number one when I was born. And that's my 
when you were doing what you were doing to get to create those children, you know, you have to think about how is this going to really impact not just my life, but that yes. child's life. Yeah. And that's how I've been going in my life. Even when I pe meet people who have kids, or I see things and I'm like, oh, they shouldn't do that. And sometimes I'll say something, I may get beat up or something, or get cussed out. <laughs> but, you know, I'm like, I don't think you should do that. Or I try to present in a nice manner, even my own kids. But I'm thinking, well, I'm grown, I can do what I want to do. You're right, you're right. But, you know, do it a little different. Life is always a learning lesson. No Girl, how old I'm about to be, young. Look, yeah. I'm meeting men and women 78 years old and they're finally grasping their parts of their journey of their life of saying, hey, uh, speaking of learning lessons, you say your mom visited you recently. So have you got to the point where you had that hard conversation about? I done tried several times. All my life, I've been trying to have a close, a close one bond relationship with my mother. And every time I've tried to do that, she found a way to sabotage it. So the last time that she sabotaged it, um, unfortunately, like I did my dad before he passed, we ended up did making our amends prior to him passing because he asked for me prior to him getting sick and catching COVID. Um, no one told me in the family that he had lost his leg. So my niece called me and told me. And I was like, what? Lost his leg? What are you talking about? And she was like, yeah, auntie, um, I know nobody didn't tell you. Probably your sister didn't tell you. But yeah, grandpa lost his leg. And I was like, when? And she said three months ago. Was it that. due to like an illness or something? He had diabetes okay. and high blood pressure. and. Won't take care of himself. The person I was with him wasn't taking care of him. He wasn't taking care of himself as well. And I guess maybe that was part of his leaving away with someone. So, and she said, he asked for you. I said, yeah, for me, I, I, no, 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 no. I know you don't realize karma come in different forms. Too. They don't have to come back the same way you gave it out. You know That part. And so I was like, okay. I said, if he on that mess, I ain't, ain't going to be bothered. And she said, no, he's changed. He's in the gospel now, watching the gospel. I said, okay. So by this time, everybody knew what he's put you through. Oh, yeah. Nobody cared. So, mm -hmm. um, my sister finally got the book and read it. She said, "Well, I remember you telling me that, but I thought you were just joking." I was like, "Girl, why would you joke about? Why would I joke like about that?" She said, "Well, when the next time you saw him, you was all buddied up with him." I was like, "Again, he's a murderer. There ain't no fool. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know his past. <laughs> hey, the day before my sister passed, I mean, the day before my sister's funeral, he killed four boys, and nobody knows." Oh Lord. That's why you got me. <laughs> so, the title Endurance is Victory is, it, it can mean so many different things and it's very heavy. So, what is Endurance is Victory mean to you? To me, through all my trials, all my tribulations, all my ups and my downs, I am this happy person. I endured, I overcame, I persevered, and I am the victorious one. Because I look at all the people who have done things to me in my path, whether it's my professional side, whether it's my personal side, they're not on the same path that I am. They don't have that same heart that I had. They don't have that same smile. Like through it all, my smile is genuine. My happiness, my bubble is, is genuine. Yeah, you know, some you've people been this way every time I've talked to you over the past couple of months. <laughs> it's not it's not a time I talk to you where you aren't giving like I'm happy. Hey, how are you? Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? It's not like one of them things, and I, you know, yeah. over messaging back and forth, and like even you know, with even with text messaging, the tone yeah. can be felt, you know. Yeah. And it's never a time where I can say, okay, well, this ain't really who she is. No, like, she's acting. I meet, you know, I meet people I, in never, my journey. Never seen that. Story. And they say you're always happy and bubbly. I said, comes with a story. 
didn't know I was going to actually write the story. I held on to that book for 10 or 11 years and it didn't come out to COVID. So, so you wrote it 10 or 11 years ago? And when, and just held on to it. What, made you, what made you hold on to it? So, actually, the, re the, the history behind the book itself in general was my ex-husband again. And we always go through it. And every time we went through it, he would always call his mom. I was like, stop calling your mom. Be a grown man. You know, man up. Don't call my mom. And he called her one time. And, and I said, stop taking his side. You know, teach him to be a man. Teach him man up. And I just went off. And she said, Morgan, you went through some stuff. I was like, don't worry about me. Take care of him. You know, tell him right. And she said, no, I think you need to go to counseling. I said, no, I need to go to counseling. I said, it didn't work. My mom told me how to go. She said, no, I think you need to go back. So I went to a rape crisis counselor. And I just unloaded on her. And she said, I think you need to write a book. I said, write a book? I said, I'm come talk to my mom. You need to write a book. She said, no, it's going to be your form of healing. Form of healing. Okay. So I went home, called my mother-in-law. She told me to stop calling my ex-mother-in-law. And I told her, because <laughs> she said, you're still my daughter. I don't care who my son is ever with. You're always going to be my daughter. See, they're going to one of the mother figures, huh? Another mother figure. That's why I grabbed that Because I was like, how are you your son? Are you like this? And Dang, you should be my mom and he should have my mom. <laughs> and my Can mind. switch? In that part. <laughs> I used to tell him that all the time. And so I told her about what happened to the counselor. And so she said, I said, well, we need to come up with a title. And she said, girl, you really went through a lot. You really, you really endured a lot. I said, ooh, endured. And she said, I said, endurance. She said, yeah. And she said, you are, she said, because... You're not probably telling me everything that my son did. I didn't tell her until last year everything he did. She got the book finally. Mm -hmm. She read it. She read it, and she sent me an apology letter. And I haven't heard oh, from her since then. Wow. So she probably don't know how to approach it at this point. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think you should have a conversation with her though. I did. Okay. She after that, that was it. She sent me an apology letter. I haven't heard no more from her. So and she said you're victorious, and I said, hmm, endurance is victory. And that was the time. She's the reason why I decided. So how'd you come up with Morgan Reese? So, again, I'm all about sexiness. <laughs> and I was like, I want something that's going to stand out. You're like, hey, what's your name? My name is Morgan. <laughs> Morgan? <laughs> so I Google names. Right. And Morgan stood out. And I was like, I need something last name. got to stand out. And Reese. And without the E. And I was like, ooh, unique. Like my name. Yeah. Unique. I was like, oh, perfect. And the personality, imagine. At the same time, girl. <laughs> At the same time. Because believe it or not, I found out recently that none of my family, my mother or my mom, my dad's side, had pictures of me. And the only family members that did have pictures of me. From when you were a kid, you don't have pictures? Even babies. The family members who did find pictures of me, I was like, oh, that's what I look like? I didn't know what I looked like as a kid. Wow. And in both pictures, smiling. I'm happy. Even though you was going through it then. That's just your personality. That was just who I was. That's why I said I'm a unique individual and purpose. So why is this tour so important to you? It's so important to me because I want other women and men, because it's not just geared to women. Because most people, when they go through things, they feel always oh, only a woman who's um, sexually assaulted, only a woman who has mental issues, only a woman who's been child abused. No, men go through it too. Guys go through it too. That's why when they go through it and they choose women, and a lot of them don't do women right, they don't treat women right. Because of their path. You don't know their path. But men, over time, generation after generation after generation, are taught you're supposed to be strong. Yes. You're never supposed to cry. Mm -hmm. You're not supposed to be weak. And if you do, a woman's going to trample over you. And some women do. I want to share this with men and women. That I know men have been molested. 
Yeah. Right? No man had been sexually assaulted, but not as well tell them. Because then they, oh, you're gay, man. No, it's not about. Or some become gay because right. of what their right. trauma was. I want to be able to share this with the world that I'm a true testament of what God does. It's not even about myself. It's not even about you. It's not about anybody else. It's about that man upstairs or whoever you pray to who has your back. For me, it's God Almighty all day, every day, Jesus Amen. Christ, all day, who is the reason why I'm here still standing. Right. I didn't think I was going to see 29, 39, 49. Lord, I'm about to be 50. Right. It ain't because of me. I realized my entire path, he is covered and protecting well, me. Are we having a birthday party, a 50th birthday party? Girl, you're working on it now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I want to do, but I got things I'm trying and to do between this victory party. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> From your lips to God's ears. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm like, I'm sharing this journey of, people always say, you know, don't like you went through anything. Yeah, I did. I did some stuff. Not some stuff, you've been through a whole lifetime plus some. And people used to always say, you like you live 10 lifetimes. You live yeah. the last, last 10 lifetimes. But I want to share that with the world. Not just not just the DMV area, not just the Philly area, not just Brooklyn, Best-Style, all-day area. East, West Coast, international. Any, you know? I'm going to need an interpreter to share this. Yeah. Because all countries, people go through stuff all the time. You ever thought about doing a performance to, to support it? Like, kind of like... Um, Storytelling about it yeah. to engage, yeah. you know what I'm saying? I can do that. That's my goal. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm waiting to see on. Look, the I didn't even know that. <laughs> the lips of God's ears. I'm waiting to see on the movie. Yeah, I want my book in the movie. Yeah, my lips of God's ears. My book is going to be in the movie. Endurance is victory. The movie. I a lifetime. People need to hear this because yeah. you could open up the door for healing. Well, people didn't think they could be healed. And at the know? same time, I'm healing myself. Because right. this, this is not a one-sided journey. This right. is not a one-sided tour where I share my story, I share my journey. And it's like, oh, she's trying to help us here. What about her? I know she got some issues. Yes, I do. Right. <laughs> Again, very very imperfect, very flawed. Right. So I'm healed at the same time. Right. So what is your biggest struggle through through promoting Endurance's victory and actually executing it? Is it anything that takes you aback at times? The story itself. Because of the content um, that I'm having to share, the family members that I had, I have, but I say had because since the book came out, they always was not communicating to me that much anyway. They were not really talking to me, so it's fine. Yeah, it's like, like, not busy. Did you use names in the book or something? No. You just describe situations. Pretty much. Oh, so and they, if you want to start guilt. saying that part, girlfriend. <laughs> That part, because my thing is, oh, you're gonna tell that part of the story. That means you're gonna tell who you are and your character in the book. Right. That's why the real names are not in the book on purpose. The right. real names are not on the book on purpose. Right. Common sense. Oh, I'm gonna sue you. For what? Good luck with that. Because Definition of what character? Because definitely I didn't name you. <laughs> so with this book, what is, has been your biggest achievement so far? A lot of growth. A lot of wisdom, a lot more guidance, and so, 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 so much clarity. Awesome. I'm glad you had the opportunity to experience the clarity and stuff. Because some people that go through the things you went through never experience it. You know, some people don't get that closure and them answers or, you know. Well, for before my birthday, when I went to Mexico last year, my prayer to God was, I need more clarity. I need more guidance. I need more wisdom. I need more honesty. Because during my entire chapter, as I said with my ex-husband, a lot of people knew what type of man he was. They dogged me out for being with him, talked about me for being with him. But they never told me what they knew about him instead of to, to help me let him go. Because right. if I would have known things that I know now, 
We would have never been together. Right. We would have never even stayed together. I'm like, uh-uh. Wrong game, little darling. Hey, you know, some, people, some people tend to do that, though. They, like, condemn you for being in these long-term relationships. But it's like, okay. Because I've heard recently, like, people be like, oh, you had a child with this person. And you should have took time to get to know them. But that's not a true statement. Because even if you do take the time to get to know them, they can show you aspects oh, of what their personality. Right. And then you could wake up to the green-eyed monster one that, day. And you're like, what the hell did this person like, like, And you don't put your heart and your soul into them and you're right. like but I love you right. and that's me right. I'm, when I tell you I love I love hard no matter who you are whether you are my intimate relationship whether you are a personal relationship even a professional I am loyal dependable to a fault anybody who knows me would tell you yes Morgan we be treating her like this we say this about it and say that about it and she's like I still love you though yeah, I know you did me wrong, but yeah. I know deep down inside you got a good side. I know it's somewhere, there. somewhere, somewhere. So you know you don't, and then or, or you hear the old school version. Well, baby, we don't really get involved in people marriages, or we don't get involved in people relationships. But no, that's a, that's hurting that person. Right. Again, another generational cycle. Right. Another generational curse. When are we gonna break those things? Right. When are we gonna be better? Do better once we learn. Because, you know, if you don't know no better, you don't do better. But once you learn better, you do better. Yeah. Well, especially happen? if, like, for example, with raising your kids. Like, if you know you didn't like this particular thing, then don't project that back on them. Because even if something, anything that you went through, they went through, you know how that felt. So don't allow them to go through that alone. And that's, my, my, that's been my journey now that they're adults. And they're like, let us be a grown. We are grown. We're not going to listen to you. Cause you know you look where you at now. I said, baby, this came with a struggle. Right. This was not easy. I remember my bank account being overdraft for two years. Wow. And I got divorced from my ex-husband. Two years. My account was overdraft. And if it wasn't my kids' godmom, one day I just snapped. <laughs> I was like, I can't pay these bills. I'm trying to get myself together. And I was with my, my fiance at the time, and I was because he didn't know a lot of my stuff. And I was like, and she said, girl, close the account out. I was like, oh, I can do that. She was like, yeah. Close the account out and uh, open up a new one because once they feel like you owe all this money, you're not going to be able to get another account. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. And I was in my 30s, thought I knew everything. Again, we don't know everything. Right. And I did it, but I was struggling. So to get where I'm at now, and I'm still, I know I want to go higher. I don't talk to God about that. Abundance. This tour, abundance. Um, every door, growth. Every door, more. Everything that I lost, double my portion. Mm -hmm. Give me back everything I lost. Because mm -hmm. I lost a lot of... Every I'm, opportunity, elevation. I remember my, my daughter's father, when I thought him and I was going to get back together. And he was married at the time. And he was struggling. And he uh, asked me to send him some money. And I did. I gave him $3,000. And then when I started struggling... That ain't some money. That's, that's, that's a yeah. little bit more than yeah. some. <laughs> Wait, go, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> and when I asked for some of it back... No, nah, man, you know it was a gift. I said, no. Ain't what we talking about, Cletus. Nah, it was a gift. That was not a gift. Oh. Well, you know, I'm telling you, married. I said, well, you married too, boo. Oh. <laughs> if we want to go to court, we can. We can you know what I'm saying? Like a bird. I tell you, the whole truth, not my truth. Even if it means I got to tell my fault. Right. My parts. Right. Like I said, even in the book, family members talking, and a, a cousin said, they so stupid. They ain't read the book. Because they ain't realize you're telling your part too. And you're not bashing them. You're telling them in order to tell how. I overcame. Why endurance is victory is I went through all this, but at the end of the day. But well, you had to look in the mirror too. That part. And mm -hmm. I forgave all of y'all. Right. I let it go. Y'all the ones still holding on. If I see them today, tomorrow, I'll still give them a hug and tell them I love them. 
I'm gonna treat him the same. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna <laughs> look smarter. <laughs> Long handle love. Right. Hey, how you doing? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, <laughs> I know what you about now. Eyes wide open. Clarity. Right. But you know, that's where I'm at. So if you had to pick one goal, like it was only one thing you wanted to achieve out of this Endurance's Victory Tour, what would that be? To help another soul. My story helps even if it's just one person. And what is your word of advice to somebody that's going through this similar things and not the same exact thing? Don't give up. Do not make yourself a victim all over again because you became a victim. You so are a survivor. Don't sit in it. Like this tour is not about... I don't want to be defined as the four-time sexual assault survivor, survivor child abuse, survivor domestic. I don't. That's not my definition. That's not who I am. Right. Because I don't wear none of those those yeah. bags. Yeah. I don't carry none of those bag yeah. them. Everybody yeah. do. Anybody ever listen to that song or listen to the words that she say? Bag. You carrying all those bags. Carrying all the bags like that. And me and my sister, especially my sister, my sister love bags. You, no matter what, you can give her a plastic bag. She'll hold on to it forever. <laughs> She'll hold on to it forever. So I'm not carrying those bags. Right. And I don't want no longer want to carry those bags. I want to be able to share this anywhere and everywhere I go that you got to drop those bags. You got to let that load go. Because if you don't let that load, that load go, anything you always talk about, I want to do this, I want to do that. I'm a podcast host. My show, Good Morning Black People with Morgan Reese. Um, and on my show, my new slogan this year is what I tell you when you came to my show. 2023 is what? My year. All about me. All about me, yep. That's my journey. Yeah. Everything I did not do, could not do, was not able to do. That's where my new journey is. And I want to tell men, women, boy, girl, whoever you are, no matter what has happened, even if you're in your situation right now, you dirt poor and you're like, when am I going to get better? Bendy, I lived in the projects since I was 16 years old. That project was not for me. I was like, no, I don't live in the project. I live in the high-rise fourth floor. Fourth floor. Now, most people live higher than that. On an elevator that had feces in the elevator. I'm, my kids getting on the marches. They cost me. These people don't look good. We're not safe here. But believe it or not, those people had my back. I didn't know it. So I rose above my situation, my circumstances. I still want to go higher. But don't never limit yourself. Right. Because of your situation, your circumstances, and who you are and where you came from in your life. you Whatever you want to do, God says all things and anything is possible. My scripture has been carrying me through my entire life. Proverbs 3, 5. And what did that say? Sir? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not into your and own lean not into your own understanding. When I bought my first house. And all your ways acknowledge huh, Four years ago. That path. Four years ago. <laughs> the only decoration left in my house is concurrently still with my bedroom door right now. Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. I said, ooh, God, you got jokes. Well, if this house isn't for me, I would like it. But I see all that. My house upstairs, I have an overlook that looks downstairs. In my, I have a mansion inside of a townhome. I have a townhome. But it's mine. Right. It has my name on it. That's mine. all that matters. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. Four years ago, I became a homeowner. I've been trying to accomplish that when I was in Philly. Tried to accomplish that and moved down south. But I moved to Charlotte, North Carolina. <laughs> That's a beautiful city, too. Beautiful. Seven years ago, my path changed to a whole. And he showed me, I do love you. I do listen to you. I paid you attention. I covered you and protected you more than you, you think I did. But I had to shake you up with some things. Because it's not on your time, it's on his time. And he don't have a time. Right. He don't have a time. He don't have a time. Maybe this is your purpose. You had to go through some of those hard things so that you can. Because you can't show no story with nobody if you've never been through nothing. Right. Right. You can't.
Right. You can't say, well, baby, I know this and I know that. And yeah. What you been through? Because you living in a mansion, right. you riding in a Jag, right. you riding in a Porsche. Uh, everybody riding Teslas now. I don't know what the hell is going on with Teslas. <laughs> like, what is up with the Tesla? Like, uh, I got a teammate in my job right now. She got a Tesla, and my director don't even got a Tesla. Where you do that at? <laughs> you know, I'm riding a better car than my director. So, you know, but you don't know what they've been through or what they're trying to hide or mask. Right. Because a lot of people live their lives where they try to live beyond their means. Mm -hmm. So, you know, back in the day, in my time, since I'm older than y'all, I don't even know why is this happening. In my mind, I'm still 25, I mean 28. Ain't no wrong. Because some place you can't get into a 25. So, <laughs> in my mind, so we, you would say, well, uh, if I had this, I'll be like this. If I had that, I'd be like that. And you're like, well, well, I want to get where you at. And you're like, okay, well, it's gonna take work. It's gonna take this. It's gonna take that. But then when you get to that level, you don't realize it comes with more problems. Yeah, yeah. Bigger money, yeah. bigger problems. Or like, bigger or house. Or like just trying to let you be somebody else you that you're not, and then you don't understand their struggle and what they've been through. So in the nineties, people were naming their kids Mercedes. Chevy, Lexus, Cadillac, Lexus. <laughs> well, do you got one of them? No. no. I remember when I moved down south, my first time moving down south, and all the dope boys and guys, girls, tripping out, tricking out their cars. My daughter, my oldest daughter's father was big in the cars. I love cars. I love Mustang. Mustang. Love them. So they trick out their cars and they got Kellogg's Frosted Flake on their car. Yeah. Are they paying you for that? Capri Sun. What are you talking about? <laughs> you hating on my car. No, I ain't hating. I'm just asking you. You doing free advertising? You free advertising for this company and they ain't giving you a penny. You at the car show with the with the 24s and 22s and you got this on your car. Uh, and it's not an endorsement. It's not an endorsement. <laughs> you, get it you could be getting paid for this. Yeah. So, when my guy gets me to that level or that chapter in my journey, because I'm not there. But it will happen soon. I'm gonna remember where I came from. Right. I just got a brand new car, first new car ever in my life. Congratulations. Four years ago. I've never had a new car ever in my life. I've always had used cars. And to me, I got a Lexus outside. No, yeah, that's, that's my Jaguar outside. That's my new car. Right. I still see my old car. And I'm like, hey, Philly Max. I remember you back in the day. I named my cars. I named these cars. I, I look at your personality and said, that's your car. This is the name. Like my, my fiance, I, I call his car the beast because <laughs> it matches his personality. <laughs> but, you know, I still look at that Philly Max. Dang, I remember you. We went through a lot. Ten years. Oh, that was my car once. And they were like, why are you looking at that car? You got this. Mm, I'm not going to forget where I came from. Right. Because right. I had to go through that stuff to get to where I'm at now. Right. And people get so high in their level, their life, their status of their life, they forget where it started from. Like, no, everybody's not born with a silver spoon in their mouth. Right. Everybody's not born with Definitely. Sometimes it's plastic. <laughs> I need some water on that note. <laughs> a little parched. <laughs> on that note. Right. So, you know, you know, and everybody look at the outside and say, oh, she got it. She this and she that. Or he's this and he's that. You don't know what they got going on. Right. You don't know what they're doing when they come behind their closed door. You don't know what lifestyle, where they're at in their life. So, you, you know, the first three letters of assume. S. That part. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and we all have them. Right. Whether it's big, little, small, outshape, right. whatever. Right. And it's going to make you look like that. 
And you know, as they say, perception is reality. Yeah. You're perceiving the wrong thing. That's mm -hmm. not the reality, though. And I don't like when people use that statement. Well, I, I already asked the question. That's it. All you got to do is come to me and ask me. I'll tell you the I truth. I'll tell you the truth. <laughs> Girl, no. I got this on car note. And uh, it's almost paid off. And uh, my credit cards, yeah, I'm working on getting that debt back down. I've been paying some people to do some stuff. You know, mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you my truth. I'm not going to yeah. lie. Because I don't have nobody to impress but me. Mm-hmm. And him. Welcome to Raw Talent. But me right. and who's in my household. Right. Those are the people that matter that I keep house keep happy or my immediate family, which is for me. My I have a second generation. I got grandkids. You're right. I ain't even ever had it. Like some people love me. Some have people outside of my kids. You know, love. Because you. <laughs> all my life I've been looking for what love, love. protection, support. support. <laughs> like I don't meet a guy. I'm dating a guy because he loved me. I'm not dating for his car. I'm not dating for his money. But those things can disappear. Quick the love will be there. Never goes away. True love never dies. Right. Never fades. Right. At the end of the day. So yeah. this is Morgan Reese. Thank you for coming, Morgan. Thank you for inviting me to the next time on your busy schedule <laughs> to come on your show. Because I remember you were on my show. Yes. And you took out the time on your busy schedule to come on my show. Well, I thank you for having me on yours honest. as well. And you can come this tour the right way, girlfriend. You know it. Please. <laughs> And May the 7th, today officially starts my tour to do May the 14th, 2023, The Endurance is Victory Tour, which describes and carries you on the journey of my book, The Endurance is Victory, of my life. So all these things I'm telling, talking about on this show is in my book. There is going to be a second book. Just hold on for the, hold on for the ride. You think the first one's like, oh my gosh, she got more to tell. Yeah, more to tell. I will be at Howard University, Lord's willing, on tomorrow morning. God's Grace, Morgan State, Tuesday morning or Tuesday afternoon, and back to my high school where it started at, Ollie, Ollie, now Charter School, Charter High School, Ollie High School back in the day when I was going to school in the 90s, because <laughs> I had my oldest in 91, um, and other places I'll be. Please follow me on my tour. My goal is to share this with the world, the, just not here in, in up north, because I'm from up north. I'm coming to Brooklyn. I'm coming to New York. Going back to Charlotte where I live, I want to share my story, my journey with anyone and everyone who will listen. And if I could just touch one heart, heal one soul, my job is done. Anything and everything extra comes after that, it's just extra blessings that God gives me. But I'm a regular average old person, just very, very flawed and so imperfect. But my heart never changed. My love, my desire to try to be better as I grow will never change. So... You guys, check me out on my tour. Follow me on my page. I am on Instagram, Good Morning Black People with Morgan Reese. Morgan Reese author. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on TikTok. Still learning. Twitter, still learning it. <laughs> I'm on Facebook. But please follow me. Please subscribe to my YouTube channel. God's Grace on last, actually Thursday. This Thursday just passed. I interviewed Lester Pace. The Senior Vice President of Promotions for Rock Nation. Yeah, you heard me. Check out my YouTube channel and check out my interview with him. These are all God's graces. I interviewed Bobby Booker, world-known journalist, international trombonist, Buff Dillard, and the one and only... Miss Tate. That's <laughs> on my show. And I first yes, started. I am so blessed and so grateful. Thank you so much. For all your love. I appreciate it. And all you. your, your time and your attention <laughs> to me. Girl, this is our year. Yes. 2023. Taking over. We taking over. We're going to do the dang old thing. <laughs> <laughs>
Wow, Thank I appreciate you. it so much. <laughs> after me i am humongous i am resourceful i am much better than ever could be i am the substance of everything hopeful i am the proof of what's never been seen i am so beautiful i am responsible i am enough and my soul is complete more than just suitable i am a conqueror worthy of love that is whole and complete and that's on me girls money. Just i was a fiend before I became a teen, I melted microphones instead of cones and ice cream music orientated. So when hip hop was originated, fitted like pieces of puzzles, complicated. Tink did not come to play with you hoes. I came to slay, bitch. <laughs> I'm Morgan Reese, inviting you to tune in weekly for some empowering, enlightening, and embracing conversations to kickstart your day on Good Morning Black People.